a talented singer-songwriter, champion of the Western New York music scene, program director for a not-for-profit, a skilled sound engineer, and my podcast editor, and my sister. That's right, today we're going to chat with none other than Sarah Elizabeth, going up close and personal to learn about another multi-passionate entrepreneurial millennial woman who is also vegan and plant-based, but in many ways is the yin to my yang. We're chatting about growing up together, being homeschooled, becoming vegan, being a creative spirit, and lots more. I am wildly excited to share this episode with you. So let's do it. Introducing, ladies and gentlemen, my sister. Hey there. Welcome to Be Well with Steph, the podcast, the show for women who know that personal wellness can be an actively pursued goal and who are ready to tackle building healthier daily habits with a little bit of good humor, a little bit of grace, and a lot of coffee. I'm Steph Jenko, your holistic nutrition coach and your host, and I'm here to help empower you to create and maintain a healthy lifestyle you love, a lifestyle that gives you the strength, energy, and confidence to go after your wildest dreams. So I definitely didn't come up with saying that you're the yin to my yang until this morning when I was walking this morning, but um, I feel like that's a really good way to describe us as sisters. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, I looked it up. So because I I actually didn't know which one was yin and which one was yang. I don't know if you know the difference, but one yin is like darker, but also they, they say more feminine, but I think that's more feminine in energy. And the other one is lighter and more focused on like connection, but also more dominant, more masculine in energy. And I feel like that is accurate. Not like feminine, masculine, but like those kind of energies. And the balance. Yes. yes. And the way that like I looked up is one good or is one bad. And they're like, no, yin and yang, neither of them are like good or evil. They need it, each other to coexist. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they put each other into balance. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. 20 years ago. <laughs> have we not been using that symbol for the last 30 years? I yeah. don't know. As if you guys can't see us right now, but as we sit here and I'm wearing like a white tank top and light blue shorts and Sarah's wearing like a black shirt and black shorts, we literally look like a yin yang symbol. So yeah. So thanks for being on here with me. Thanks for coming. A lot of people feel like a really stupid influencer. So a lot of people have been asking me, but it's true. A lot of people have been asking um, about homeschooling lately. And this whole episode is not going to be about homeschooling, but I feel like it's kind of a good place to start because that is our childhood together. Like our first memories together are really like homeschooling experiences. I don't know. When you think back to that time, like what things do you think of? I remember before we even started getting our our home computer. Oh my gosh. It's the end of second grade and we were preparing to start homeschooling. And I remember we got our, our home computer in the basement and it was this wild thing. That there was a computer. In the house. In the house. And you could go on it. We could go on it. We could go on AOL Kids. Right. We could talk to Smarter Child. Oh my gosh, I forgot <laughs> about Smarter Child. Ask it all the stupid questions you wanted. Yeah, yeah. We had this computer set up in our basement, which was like our educational room. So when we decided, my parents decided we were going to homeschool, 
We put the computer in the basement. We put a giant whiteboard on the wall, a giant cork board. We had desks. It was like it was legit. a full out classroom in the basement. And I don't know. It was super cool. It was pretty cool. Did you enjoy being homeschooled? <laughs> yeah. And that's such a funny question that people ask me. And I was like, yes. And at the same time, I can't imagine it any other way. It was my whole life. I only went to school for two years before that. Mm -hmm. So it seems like a strange question. But yes, it was just the normal way of life for me. Yeah. How do you think like going from, say, because you left school in second grade, going from like second grade to third grade, what changes about being homeschooled? <laughs> all the things <laughs> all the things uh elimination of the the social anxiety component only having to worry about myself and mm-hmm. only having one classmate <laughs> right me hi so there's definitely a different emphasis i think on getting to learn on like our life was about learning mm-hmm. right so it wasn't like we go to school and we talk to other kids and we do the whole like school setting bit and then we learn it was just like our life was learning yeah. And I think that has still carried over for both of us. And I think that's kind of why we are both driven the way that we are to keep exploring things. Yeah. There's never like an end, like it's school time or not school time. It was just like always learning time, mm-hmm. I think. Definitely. I, I think we, you're right. I think we are probably both still like that. And that's where the like, <laughs> for good <laughs> or for bad, I think that's where the like multi-passionate entrepreneur thing comes from. How right? annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see yourself be like... Back then, when we were, I don't know, exploring and growing up, did you see yourself being really an entrepreneur? No. <laughs> right. Me neither. I didn't think, I don't think I knew that was a career. No. Even, I mean, I've been playing music forever as my job, as my first and almost almost only job. And it took me even to post-college to realize just the the weight of that and that I was actually that actually made me an entrepreneur took yeah. me a long time to even realize that 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 was a business mm-hmm. because I think it was looked at as like an art for so long that it's like right. your art is also your business right yeah that's super weird but I think it was in homeschooling there was a lot of weirdly a lot of independence where like mom was there every step of the way not independence in the way of like you were left to fend for yourselves. Like she was very, very present in our educational experience, but you had to think for yourself. There weren't peers, like classmate peers to rely on or people to kind of shadow or model. And I see that a lot, like having been a teacher then, which people always thought was weird to go from like homeschooling to being in a classroom setting every day. But I think there were a lot of ways where that was where more independent thinking came from because it was like you learning how to explore a topic or explore um, learning without a bunch of peers to rely on. Right. And you're not you're not kind of waiting or or anything on anybody else's learning schedule. You're not you're not trying to follow anybody else's learning schedule. Yeah. Or learning style. Right. Yeah. I think learning style individuality is a big part of homeschooling, too. We got to if you wanted to learn more in like a hands on way, if you're a visual person, an auditory person, whatever information is able to be delivered the way that just works best for you. Mm -hmm. And then also you said about like waiting. I think about how much we were able to accomplish when there wasn't like a full school day schedule. Like you go to school for six hours, but how much of that is instructional time? Like 
I know from my classroom, <laughs> like half, half of that is like instructional time, right? So if we were to spend like three hours a day hitting the books, four hours a day. You just pack it in. Yeah, you can pack <laughs> right. it in. And then there was time for other experiences. So, okay. So other than like educational things growing up, what kind of things were you or we involved in that you want to share with the people? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a brief foray in soccer mm. in which we determined I was not an athlete. <laughs> Like forgot about that part of your life. Okay. Um, and then we started doing a lot of theater pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing guitar at nine and started getting involved in theater at 10. So pretty much my entire life, literally 20 years mm-hmm. has been devoted to the arts. Yeah. I think that's probably the thing that we have the strongest in common mm-hmm. still is those experiences, of course, but also then like a love for theater arts and dramatic arts and a passion for that sort of creativity mm-hmm. and that community. I feel like that's where we like have this had the strongest connection throughout I, time. I think it created a really unique communication style for us too. Mm-hmm. the the combination of being homeschooled and just the sheer amount of time that we spent together mm-hmm. com- combined with spending so much time together in the theater, mm-hmm. I think has created a really unique communication style for us. Yeah. Weird. I never thought about that. And also, um, like a style of connecting through emo- like with our emotions, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So I, th- I think that might be what you mean by communication yes. style, too, is like we are able to communicate with each other, honestly, pretty easily when we choose to. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> yes. there are sometimes we might just say, like, oh, I'm not getting right. not getting into a conversation. Right. But when we choose to communicate with each other, I think we're able to relate pretty quickly that way. Yes. Which I never thought about until this conversation weird um and that's also a great way like segue to point out that we did a lot of social things so i think one of people's big fears or misunderstanding around homeschooling is that like how do you have friends how do you socialize and develop appropriately and i feel like in high school i was never home between like theater things jobs youth groups music lessons church things you know I feel, and then neighborhood friends, friends, yeah, and family friends and cousins. Like, I feel like we spent a lot of time with other kids growing up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So enough about that. Another thing that people, another thing that people ask me about all the time (laughs) is, um, being, coming vegan. And people are fascinated with the idea that I transitioned into a vegan lifestyle and a plant-based diet with my immediate family. So of course you did. <laughs> of course. We, we go together. Like, okay. So I, some of you know this already, but so it's been about four years, a little over four years that I decided I was going to try to eat a plant-based diet and that, um, kind of slid into embracing a more vegan lifestyle. And Sarah was only, I think about two, two weeks. Week, yeah, yeah. Two weeks behind me on that. I think it was a little bit, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a little bit of like, I'm going to watch you do this first. And if it seems like you have stuff to eat and it's not super hard <laughs> and you feel okay, then maybe I'll try it too. It was a little bit of that. And it was a little bit of just waiting for me to get desperate enough because I was feeling very unhealthy at the time. Oh yeah. Tell us about that. I was having terrible problems with my neck and my shoulder from overuse of playing guitar, playing multiple three hour shows a week with the weight of my guitar on my shoulder. And I ended up having terrible disc problems in my neck and with the tendons in my shoulder. And I was in physical therapy for about a year and a half and on painkillers and anti-inflammatories and nothing was working to the point where I almost quit playing music. 
legitimately had to cancel shows and nothing because nothing was working. And at that point, you had gone vegan right at the time I was about to quit playing music. And I was watching you do it and you were telling me how great you felt and you made me watch the silly documentary. (laughs) (laughs) And I was finally like, fine, I'll give it a shot. I'm desperate. I'll try anything. And it took me about two weeks after that to wake up one day. And for the first time in a year and a half, I could raise my arm above my head and bend my head to my shoulder. Yeah. And just like that, I have not had problems with it since. It's wild. I remember you walking in the door and saying, hey, look what I can do. And just like raising your shoulder in a way that you hadn't done. And and the only change you made up to that point, right, was taking animal product out of your That's diet. That's it. Yeah. Yep. So it was just removing things that you didn't know were giving you inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though you still have to be careful, like it's not a... a a total solution like obviously overuse is a thing and you have to stretch you right and rest. i stretch and i still get sore after shows and everything mm-hmm. but it's not it's not like i never get sore after i play anymore mm-hmm. but i've never had the issue of literally not being able to raise my arm over my head or getting the numbness down my arm when i play anymore um so just that inflammation just left my body and i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah. i'll keep going with this And I couldn't imagine going back, like doing that to my body over again. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the further I went into it, I go down my rabbit holes of information. And from there, I went into the the animal rights and the ethics and the environmentalism and just the overall body health. Like the more you more, the more, you know. Right. Um, So, yeah, it was it was just a kind of spur of the moment desperation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is totally how I felt. Like I, I thought it was, might be a temporary thing. It was just something mm-hmm. to try. Right. And like we said before, like we're both triers and learners. It's like, okay, let's give it a shot. And I can't, I cannot imagine going back now Never. because I know what it feels like now. And I know what I know. <laughs> no, now. I can't unknow it. You can't unknow it. Right. And I can't unfeel it either. Right. And, and yeah, so obviously we've made so many life changes since then. Do you think that anything about the transitioning was hard or difficult? Not really. I actually got that question recently. Oh, is it hard being vegan? Was it really hard to go vegan? No. Yeah. Not really. Why do you think that? Why do you think it wasn't hard? Um, there are so many options. Mm -hmm. Like food, food didn't stop tasting good. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really what I cared about. As long as I still had food that tasted good, Mm -hmm. then what do you care? Um, and because we were all doing it together, like we were all searching for options mm-hmm. constantly. So that made it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, when I started feeling better, mm-hmm. that felt more important than like, oh, I need to eat some chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, right. who cares? <laughs> yeah. Because we've talked a lot too, how like what you're tasting when you eat chicken wing is not the chicken. Right. It's like the sauce. Right. I can still dump buffalo fry, sauce you know. over whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many ways and definitely doing it together was helpful. Learning to explore new foods together was helpful. And, um, that, I mean, that's why I do what I do. That's why I think that coaching is valuable and a membership, a community kind of support system is valuable because trying to make lifestyle changes like that on your own, can feel hard if you're not sure what to do or you don't have somebody to bounce the idea off of or whatever. So I think, I think definitely having a support system was very valuable. Definitely. And I had also previously to that for a while, been off dairy Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I'd gone back on it for a little bit, but just an attempt to solve some other health issues, some digestion issues had gone off dairy for a while. So I was kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. And so that it didn't really feel hard to start eliminating things from my diet. Yeah. And mom had been vegetarian. Our mom's mm-hmm. been a vegetarian since I was five. So math is hard. It's like seven. <laughs> is that like 20, 27 years? 27 years. I almost yes. had 17 years. It's <laughs> hilarious. How old do I think I am? So yeah, like 27 years, mom's been vegetarian. So right. she was vegetarian for... 23 years before just then eliminating eggs and cheese and right milk. so they're not being meat at a meal was not a weird thing for us either yeah yeah and i think it was cool right also not eating dairy just to be aware that there are other styles of eating out there and to learn to think outside the box a little bit when it comes to making meals and also tofu is delicious tofu is delicious i'll never stop saying that what about aside from food are there other things in your life like being plant-based is one thing right plant-based I talk a lot with clients being, you know, reducing dramatically or eliminating animal products. So you're getting the bulk of your diet from whole plant foods. And then we distinguish that vegan is an, a lifestyle ch- choice. Right. It's an ethical change, not a diet. So I don't know. Are there other changes you've made because of being vegan? I try very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm probably not 100 percent as most vegans are. Mm-hmm. Um that's the part where people say, oh, going vegan is so expensive. The food part of going vegan is not expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the other lifestyle things are a little bit more expensive of making sure that there are no everything. Everything that you buy is cruelty free and free of leather and mm-hmm. animal testing free and all of that. Um, I do. I do my best that all of my shampoos and makeups and everything are all cruelty free. Mm-hmm. Um, I do my best to not have any leather although i do wear vans so i'm sure there's a little bit of a strip of leather on there mm-hmm. and and some some of that it's just a, a still getting used to it like you know my sneakers are three years old right and it hadn't occurred to me to not buy sneakers with the leather on i'm not just gonna throw them out mm-hmm. so it's still for me just thinking ahead where next time i buy a pair of sneakers i'll try and be better about making sure yeah. there's not leather on them you know yeah so it's still an, an, like an evolving transition but definitely um Things like my shampoo and hair products. Mm-hmm. You don't need to buy a $20 shampoo for it to be vegan. Garnier is vegan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the line I use there. Mm-hmm. Try my Same with, with their drugstore brands of makeup that are just naturally cruelty-free and vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is often the second step people take is the first one being diet-related. And then the second one being like, what am I putting on my body? So hair, skincare, soap, makeup that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And then the obvious choices like clothing, right? The other stuff, I mean, it's, it's all a process because if you are compassionate, like thinking about being compassionate toward animals as being a reason to be vegan, well, being compassionate toward the environment is another reason. And sustainability is really important to me. Like you said, I'm not going to just throw out something that I paid good money for is still in good shape, that something put its life and energy right. into. Like, right. I'm going to use that until it can't be used anymore. And then maybe make a, a more conscious choice the next time around. Definitely. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. So um, overall message, becoming vegan wasn't hard. because <laughs> <laughs> Becoming vegan wasn't hard because we allowed a gradual process of learning and you know, changing things over and because we had a support system. So reaching out to people like, I don't know, me or Sarah, um, about what that's like and asking questions and learning and exploring new options, definitely the way to go there. Okay. So I was going to ask you a more serious question. Oh boy. (laughs) So the last couple of years, 
at the time of this recording, it is August 25th, 2021. If you're ever listening to this and it's not that season of life. Um, so the last couple of years here have obviously been a huge trans- transition, um, a period of change for a lot of people. And there are lots of things that people have learned or experienced during this time. Things that are um, emotional, political, social, um, just about their own personal development and spirituality. And like, you know, people have been on a journey the last <laughs> couple of years here, right? So as we kind of like look backward and then forward, I was just curious today. Um, are there things that you feel like you've learned or experienced that you plan on now leaving behind? And there are things that you are feeling more like you want to make sure you have in the future. Ooh. As far as what I want to leave behind, obviously I'm a musician, so that's the first thing that comes into my head. And these strange last couple years have made me think a lot about what I want to do, not what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that goes with my music and my work ethic and my relationships. And we've talked a lot about how we're both uh, doers. Mm-hmm. And the last year and a half has made me step back and realize that even though I'm constantly on the grind, I should only be on the grind because I'm passionate about it, not because the world says that I need to keep grinding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do it because it feels important. And because because it's important to me, not because somebody says this is some benchmark I'm supposed to be reaching. And time is important, but time is also a boundary that we put on ourselves. Um, so we're no, we don't have any benchmarks that we're that we have to reach. We just need to find things that make us happy and make us feel fulfilled and that help other people along the way. And. I think we've I've just learned to stop putting so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. and just do things that I'm passionate about. I don't really know if that answers the question. I think it does. That That's definitely I think that's like the essence of um, millennial feelings right now right. is this idea that there for a long time has been like a societal expectation on us that we're going to um get married by a certain time, buy a house by a certain time, have a certain career by a certain time, just because that's, that's been a traditional pattern. And maybe, maybe, um, for a long time, generations were genuinely happy in that pattern. Um, and I think that as things get shaken up, it's just exposing other options. And I think it's still fine. If people are happy in that pattern, that's wonderful. I think you should be happy in the in the pattern that you're in. Right. So I think that's what you're hitting on. And I felt a lot of that too, is like, how do I make sure that I am intentionally choosing the things that I am doing? Right. Right. So like, I'm not doing something because it's habit or because somebody else thought that I should do it or whatever, but that I am in a job or in a friendship or in a place that I'm choosing, because if that doesn't make us happy, we could choose something else. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't say it's, mean it's never hard. And as, as we learned in early 2020, the world could just break at any time. Yeah. <laughs> so do it for yourself and for the people around you, not because the world says you should, because the world's just going to break at any mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah. So like we have to, I think that is definitely something I've learned that we have to be secure, like in ourselves and in our relationships and in what we can contribute. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I 
I do still believe like, how am I helping to make the world a better place? Like I care about that. It doesn't necessarily mean it's like a huge mission. It might just be my, my personal little world, the people within my reach. Right, right, right. Like, so again, back to musically, you know, musicians set such benchmarks for themselves of we have to release this much music. We have to reach this many fans. We have to tour this many cities. We have to get signed. And that's just another system that's kind of broken down where that's not the way it works anymore. And so I've just kind of refocused myself this year on making music that makes me happy and helping the musicians in my community Mm -hmm. make music that makes them happy. Mm -hmm. Because when we build that community of musicians and people and artists and humans, that just makes us all happier and it makes us all make better music. And that's the stuff that we can leave behind and feel good about. Mm -hmm. I think community is something that more of us will be paying more attention to going forward because when a lot of our our social networks were lost or broken down and stuff over the last couple of years, I think we've put in a, a new value on being in community with other people and being social with other people. Mm-hmm. Whether, which is cool, those people might be across the country or across the world, but we're now able to just find ways to be in closer connection with others. I do think that that's what it's all about. Like, that's why I'm doing this podcast. It's literally right. to... I don't know, put myself in some people's earbuds and make a connection, connect with learning new things, connect with feeling good and being well. And if I can, in like a small way, reach out to more people and foster a sense of community that wants to be well and feel good, like that's what this is about. Absolutely. Um, Okay, let's make it a little lighter. Are you ready? (laughs) We're going to go fast, fast questions here. So what is your favorite beverage? Bourbon. Favorite healthy food? Tofu. Favorite fun food? Pizza. Favorite thing to do in your free time? Play music and watch TV. Usually (laughs) at the same time. Oh. (laughs) If you could travel anywhere in the world next, no stipulations, where would you go? London. Oh. I did not expect that answer. I don't know what, I didn't have a different answer that I expected, but I like, didn't. Expect. There could have been multiple answers, but that I'm okay. rapid, rapid right. fire that came cool. out. Yeah. Um, the last one I had was if you could meet any musical artist, who would it, you pick? <laughs> That's a, that one does not come out as fast. <laughs> uh, so many. Uh, probably Haley Williams from Paramore. Oh, that's a cool one. Mm-hmm. There are so Why? many, there are so many legends that obviously I'd love to meet. You know, go back and meet the Beatles. Meet, you know, there's so many people you could meet, but Haley Williams is whose career I would like to steal. Yes. <laughs> or should I say, if I could emulate one one contemporary musician's career, it would be Haley Williams from Paramore. Why? To share with people if they don't know who that is. Um, I grew up listening to her. Grew up on the on the pop punk, mm-hmm. you know, mid two thousands kid, and uh, and just just fell in love with that style. But then as I dug more into songwriting. Uh, just started to appreciate her songwriting so much more. And then in the last few years, she's broken out and put out some solo albums and changed up her style a little bit, done some more like indie pop type stuff, some singer songwriter stuff. And now is going back and doing her full band thing. And she's just very versatile, incredible vocalist, incredible Mm -hmm. songwriter, and has just been doing the indie thing since before the indie thing was a thing. When it was actually indie. When it was actually indie. Yeah. When she was literally 18 years old and just started a pop punk band mm-hmm. and has been killing it for the last 15 years. And is really unique on that scene. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about a female front. She's a woman in a man's world right there. Yeah. Yeah. You go, girl. 
Okay, I love that answer. Um, so obviously your song Be Well has been rocking out on this podcast for a few months now. People have been loving that. Um, super fun collaboration. When I decided I was going to go with Be Well with stuff, you're like, um, uh. I have a song already. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be my new theme song. I'm just going to take that one over. So we've been enjoying Be Well on here for a while. Super fun collaboration. And I know you and I have talked about some more collaborative opportunities possibly in the near future. So we won't get into any of that now, but people can watch for more stuff there. Um, in the meantime, where could people find more of your music or follow along on your journey? You can stream my music wherever you stream music. Cool. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Google Play, Tidal, any of those things. Um, you can find me under Sarah Elizabeth, no H on Sarah. Um, and on socials, Sarah E music again, no H on Sarah, Instagram, Facebook, Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) What is your platform of choice? Like, where do you like to hang out on social? I'm trying to be more of an Instagrammer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I have a hard time keeping up with trends, so I tend to hang out on Facebook, but I'm (laughs) trying, I'm trying to be more of an Instagrammer. I'm also on Snapchat a little bit. Um, haven't picked up on the TikTok yet. (laughs) <laughs> the TikTok. You sound like an old lady. You're like, how do I use the Google? Yeah. You're like, how do I use the TikTok? Um, no, TikTok was super fun when we were all quarantined. There was nothing else to do, but like, I can't. I don't have time for that now. Yeah, but I'm trying to be an Instagrammer. And I know you all follow stuff on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, you get me up there too. Help me, help me become cool like you guys. Yeah. So you're already way cooler, like Haley. So, um, <laughs> yes, that's Sarah E. Music on Instagram. I'll link all of her stuff in the show notes so you can find it all there. Sarah, thanks for hanging out with me today. Hey, anytime. This is the longest we've sat down and had a face to face conversation in a really long time. So, what I'd like to carry forward is more of this. Works for me. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hope you um, are doing well out there. If there are any questions you have, you want to chat with us more, you can shoot me or Sarah a DM on Instagram. If you enjoyed this conversation and you want to share it with a friend, that's always super, super helpful too. Um, If you are liking Be Well with Steph, the podcast, if you are finding value here or enjoying hanging out here, if you could do me a huge favor and go to whatever platform you are listening on and leave a rating and a review, that would mean so, so much to me. Until next time, guys, be well. Be well.